All right. Good morning, church. Good morning. I am very blessed to be here and um, so thankful to be a part of this Krakohana. This morning I uh, muted myself, so I'm going to try not to like lean against here and shut myself off. So how are you all this morning? You have a good week? Yeah, yeah. It's been a good week. Uh, not without the rough spots, but praise God. Um, and so, yes, we are in the book of Jonah, and last week you heard Major Debbie talk about running from God, how Jonah ran from God. And this week I am um, so blessed to have the um, privilege of going into Jonah chapter 2, and it is when uh, Jonah actually runs to God. So I want to get right into it, but before we do, would you please bow your head for a short time of prayer. Father God, Lord, we are so blessed to be in your house, Father. And Lord, as we go through the week, Heavenly Father, and the challenges of life, Father God, we thank you for the, your word through Jonah, through the book of Jonah, Heavenly Father, that you are waiting there for us. You are here, Lord. You want us not to run from you, but to run to you, Father. And so, Lord, thank you so much for your word. Father, would you just uh, speak a mighty word that we can leave today and take nuggets with us, Heavenly Father, to help us uh, be victorious throughout this week, Father. And Father, in all the victory, on the mountaintops, and even in the valley, we give you all praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All righty. So let's talk about Jonah, the book of Jonah. You know, Jonah is probably one of the most ridiculed books in the Bible. Jonah sounds more like it would be a story from a children's fictional book than a book that you would find in the Old Testament. Some people would be like, really, Jonah swallowed by a whale in the whale's belly for three days and three nights? Okay, whatever's. But if you're like me and you believe that the Bible is true from Genesis all the way to Revelation, then you know that Jonah was a real man who was swallowed by a real whale, and it happened just as Jesus said it happened in the book of Matthew. Jonah is not just some fishy story. You see, the story of Jonah isn't just about the whale and whether he really swallowed Jonah. I mean, there are other stories in the Bible about how God's creations had a role in biblical history. In Genesis, the snake spoke to Eve. In Numbers, the donkey spoke to Balaam. So why not a fish in the book of Jonah? Really, the book of Jonah can be boiled down to one word, and that word is obedience. Or in Jonah's case, disobedience. You heard Major, Major Debbie speak last week about Jonah's disobedience to God's call on his life. God tells Jonah, go to Nineveh, but Jonah heads the opposite way, towards Tarshish. God tells Jonah to go and preach against the wickedness of the people in Nineveh. And Jonah says, nope, for all the reasons that Major Debbie spoke about last week. And then Jonah buys a ticket, he boards a boat, and he tries to run from God. Then a vicious storm erupts. And when we look back at the story of Jonah, 
We see that Jonah's disobedience on God's call in his life, it didn't just affect him. It affected the people around him. He caused those who were in the boat with him to be exposed to a terrible storm. So much so that they had to throw Jonah out of the boat to calm the storm. Much like ourselves, right? Or maybe our kids. We say, Johnny, go to school. Study hard and shine Jesus to your friends and teachers. But Johnny doesn't want to go to school. And you ask Johnny, why not? And he says, because the teachers are mean there. And there's a bully, a kid who's bullying me there. And I hate the cafeteria food. Johnny doesn't want to have to deal with all of that, much less try and shine Jesus to those people. So Johnny starts cutting class. He's hanging out in places where he has no business being. And before he realizes it, Johnny has gotten himself into worse trouble than just what was going on in school. And now mom and dad not only have to contend with the problems in school, but they now have to deal with the problems that Johnny has outside of school. Church, when we are disobedient to God's call on our lives, because God would absolutely call Johnny to be a good student, we not only hurt ourselves, but we can cause turmoil for those around us, especially those who care and love us. There are so many ways that our disobedience can cause an ugly storm to rise in our own life and in the lives of those close to us. Let's look at a few more adult life examples. And before I go on, let me just say this. Please hear my heart. I'm not attacking anyone. I just want to highlight how much we need to run to God and not away from God when we're faced with trouble. So let's look at an example as addiction to drugs and alcohol. I know alcohol is legal, but I have seen good families absolutely destroyed because of someone's inability to handle their legal alcohol. I've personally experienced a lot of hurt and pain because of people who couldn't handle their alcohol. See, when you hurt people because you can't handle your drinking, but you keep on drinking, you are in disobedience to God's call on your life. Because God never called us to go out, to get drunk, get into fights, do crazy things, while under the guise of being under the influence. You're not just hurting yourself. You hurt those around you, and especially those who love you. Sometimes the safety of those around you becomes jeopardized. And just like Jonah, we have to throw the alcoholic out of the boat to calm the storm that's about to drown everyone until he or she can get the help that they need. The same goes for drugs. It's not God's will for our lives to be an addict. That's the work of the devil, as in John 10.10, 10, that says the devil comes to only steal, kill, and destroy. He wants not only to ruin your life, but the lives of our family and our loved ones. You know, in my 20-plus years working as a CPS investigative social worker, I've seen people do crazy things for ICE, for methamphetamine, highly addictive drug. 
I've seen parents disappear from the home, go out on a binge, and never return for weeks. I've seen kids left alone in the home for days and nights with no food. I've seen a 10-year-old left to care for a two-year-old sibling with no food, no pampers in the house. I've seen addicts stealing from their own parents to support their habit. That kind of disobedience to God's call in our lives becomes so dangerous. The level of neglect to our loved ones is so threatening that sometimes we have to throw the attic out of the boat to calm the storm to keep the others safe until they can get the help that they need. One more, marital affairs. God's call on our married lives in Ephesians says this. In verse 25, Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up to her. And even before that, we were just talking about this in our women's Bible study. 24 says, Now as the church submits to the Christ, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives submit to your husbands in everything. When a husband or a wife strays outside of the marriage, it doesn't just bring devastation to the other spouse, but it hurts the children as well. And the hurt can have deep and long-lasting consequences for years to come. And sometimes the straying partner has to be thrown out of the boat to calm the storm for the others in the household. You see, church, hear this. Sin will always take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you ever wanted to pay. I'll say that again. Sin will always take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you ever wanted to pay. It is a tough, tough world that we live in today. If you've been watching the news, it's like this world has gone crazy. Too many crazy and very sad things going on because of people's disobedience to God's word and direction for our lives. It is truly the work of the enemy. But even then, we can say, Hallelujah, because the second half of John 10.10 10 says that Jesus came so that we might have life and have it in abundance. You see, Jesus wants us to live life and to live life in abundance to the fullest. So praise God that we serve a God of second, third, fourth, whatever it takes chances to get life right, because not one of us is perfect. And thank God that he provides the help we need to turn our boat around and get our life back on course in the direction that God intended for us to go. And that's where we find Jonah, here in chapter 2. Jonah has been swallowed up by the whale, and now God has caught his full attention. Isn't that just like us? Sometimes it's only when this big, fat whale of a world has swallowed us up, and we have nowhere to go, when our life absolutely stinks, that we finally call out to God. Here's Jonah's prayer, Jonah chapter 2. From the inside, the fish Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. 
From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. Okay, ew. I mean, I love poke, but that would be a bit much. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. See, church, God is always here. He's just waiting for us to cry unto him. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight. But really, it was Jonah who left. Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. So that's kind of a comical picture. Just put your face in place of this cute little kid. Because sometimes life can just get so bad that it's almost ridiculous already. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. There's our God giving Jonah yet another chance to make it right. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. My life was ebbing away. Sometimes it takes us, sometimes it takes a near-death experience before we turn back to God. Verse 8 says, Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love from them, but I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. And verse 10, And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. And the fish vomited Jonah onto dry land. Okay, that couldn't have been pretty. And Jonah must have stank like something awful. I mean, here is a man, not just any man, he is a prophet of God, one who speaks for God, probably very respected throughout society. But now Jonah has been reduced to fish vomit, which just shows us that anybody can fall. We've seen that time and time again through the years with some very highly regarded preachers. But even still, God wants us to return to him, and he still has a great call and purpose for our lives. And it doesn't matter if you're a prophet or you're a preacher or you're just a girl, you're, you're just a girl from a little island like Samoa, like me, God still has a great call on your life. So I want to tell you this story. In the summer of 2011, in June, my family and I took a trip back home to Samoa for my nephew's wedding and my dad's 80th birthday. At that time, I was a member of another church, and I was employed as a social worker el elsewhere. I knew nothing of the Croc Center, and I didn't even know that the Salvation Army was a church. Upon our return from Samoa in July of 2011, I got a call from our associate pastor, and she said that our senior pastor wanted me to come to the early service on Sunday. So I said, okay, no problem. Actually, we always went to the early service. 
I was very surprised when our pastor called me and my son to the stage and had a visiting pastor prophesy over me. I mean, there are thousands of people in this church, and I had been off-island for two and a half weeks, and so I didn't take lightly that our senior pastor had thought of me while I was gone. Some might think that prophesying is fishy as well. And I was feeling some reservation about sharing this story with you. And I started asking God that if he wanted me to use this prophesying story for today's message, to please give me some confirmation. This prophesying happened over five, over five years ago. So while I remember that it was in July, I didn't remember the exact date. But when I looked at the CD, the date was July 17, 2011. And today is July 17th. And so that was a divine appointment way back then for five years today. That was my confirmation. So church, take a listen to this clip. From riches to rags, things blew away. It's almost like everything moved out and the very foundations of your life were shaken, says the Lord. There was an erosion away. But in those years since then, says the Lord, I have been rebuilding you. I'm refurbishing you. In fact, I have given you a unique platform, says the Lord. And I'm going to use you, says the Lord, in this state. Your voice is going to affect more people than you realize. For there is a voice of wisdom, a voice of grace, a voice of love. And I want you to know, do not underestimate what I'm going to do for you and through you. For I'm going to give you the ears of men. And although you speak in a whisper, your words are going to reverberate through councils, reverberate through important people. They're even going to reverberate educationally, says the Lord, for your words are going to be amazing. And I am going to make you a divine agent for change, says the Lord. Even in the last six months, once again, the enemy is pressed against you. You have found yourself facing a battle you thought was long done. It has come back around. Once again, you find yourself fighting for that which is truly yours. But daughter, I am coming to cut this hand off. I am coming to cut this thing off. And I'm going to bless you and use you and touch you. For you have felt weighed down from every side. Oh, but know my refreshing and my grace and my power are coming. And I'm going to surprise you and promote you and bless you and use you. And I'm going to make you a unique woman of influence, a trusted face, says the Lord, a trusted heart for change and transformation. Amen. Amen. God is good. Again, I knew nothing of the Croc Center Hawaii, and I didn't know that Salvation Army was a church. I had no idea what lay ahead in the months to come. But God is amazing. The very next month after that prophecy, prophecy, in August of 2011, I became aware of a cool new place being built called the Croc Center Hawaii. And I became aware that they were hiring. Long story short, 
Although I loved what I was doing at the time, I felt a prompting to apply. Well, I got the job, and then the position for which I was initially hired for leads me to my current position, which requires me to be out in the community and to do a lot of public speaking. And not just that, but I am part of the ministry team, which leads me up here in front of you all to deliver a message from God's Word. I mean, really, that is a miracle. That is just amazing to me that God is awesome. I don't know if you can imagine how incredibly humbling this is, that God would know all of the stupid things that I've done, that he would know all my hurt, all my pain, all my history, all my insecurities, and all the times that I have tried to run from him. And he still wants to use me to deliver his word and to help bring people to salvation. And it all started five years ago that in faith I took those spooky first steps of obedience as he directed me to leave the place that I love so much and where I was comfortable at. But I have to tell you that I would not be standing before you here today Butterflies in my stomach, nervous as heck. Some people, some people think I'm a natural speaker. I am not. It is all God. That's part of the miracle. I would not be standing here if I didn't find the courage to go where God was directing me five years ago. Church, I want to say this to you. God does not just call the qualified. He qualifies the called. If he's called you to do something, he's already put in you what you need to get the job done. But if you, in disobedience, run the other way, you and others will miss out on the blessing and the miracle. I know I might have spoken quite harshly this morning, but my passion is because our obedience to God's call on our life is so important because on the other side of our obedience is a miracle. And yes, it may be a miracle that changes your life, but often it's not a miracle for ourselves. No, it's a miracle for someone else who needs God. And God is going to reach them through your obedience with that miracle. You see, when we are obedient and we go where God tells us to go and say what God tells us to say, no matter how nervous or fearful we might be, we can help bring people into the kingdom of heaven and they can avoid eternal damnation in hell. So today's message is just straightforward. And as I close, I'd like to call Freddie and the worship team to come up to the stage. Church, God's miracles are on the other side of our obedience. The story of Jonah is not just some fishy story. It is a call to obedience. God is calling us to run to him. God is calling us to be obedient. Next week, you'll hear about Jonah's obedience, finally, and how a whole entire city was saved because of Jonah's obedience. So as I close this out, I never want to end without offering an opportunity for prayer. Church, I don't know what storms are raging in your life today.
Or maybe you're the one who's been thrown out of the boat. But that's just for a season until you can get the help that you need. All I know is that whatever the storm may be, when we run to God, he is faithful to work it all out. We just need to surrender. Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that in all things God works it for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. That's all of us, church. Verse 31 says that if God be for us, who can be against us? He's here. He just needs you to come to him. He is for you. Verse 37 says, We are more than conquerors. Yes, we are. We are more than conquerors. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. If he's called us to do it, we can do it. But to conquer the enemy, we can't do it alone. We've got to run to God and let him fight the battle for us. So church, the worship team is going to sing a song. And the altar is open. And if you need to run to it, come. Come, because God is waiting for you. Please know that he sees your heart. He knows your suffering, and he hears your prayers. And even when you don't know the words to say, the Holy Spirit can pray for you on your behalf. And we have a ministry team who would be so honored to pray with you. So we're going to let the, the worship team sing this song. And if you would come, come and pray. Amen. Amen. God, you are good. Thank you, Jesus. Church, God is good all the time. If there's something a storm that you're going through today that maybe you didn't come up for. But I just want you to know that God knows your heart. He hears the silent prayers of your heart. If there's something, I won't know what it is, but you know and God knows. But where two or more are gathered in his name, that he is here in, in our midst. And so if there's something that you would like me to pray, to join you in prayer with, that we want to lift up together, run together to God, would you please just raise your hand and I'd be happy to do that. Lift your hand and I'd be happy to pray with you. Amen. Amen all around this room. Thank you. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we just thank you for who you are in our lives, Father. And Father, just like Jonah, Lord, sometimes we just run from you, Father. And I thank you, Father God, that you bring us to our senses, no matter how that has to be, Father. And when we're ready to come back to you, Father, that you greet us with open arms. So, Lord, you see the hands raised, and you know what they're going through, Father. So we just declare victory over whatever the situation is, Father God. For your word says that we should be anxious for nothing, Father, but by prayer and supplication with much thanksgiving that we would bring our requests unto you. And so that we do, Father God, lifting it all up unto you, 
for you are the great healer you are the great provider father god nothing too high nothing too deep that your hand cannot reach so i thank you lord and i ask you that you would bless each and every person here and each and every family represented lord and father for all the victories we give you praise honor and glory in jesus name amen